Welcome to Keeping It Real, where we talk business, money, and mindset. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Keeping It Real podcast. And today, as you guys know, I like to get straight into it. I have a special guest with me that was supposed to be on the podcast a long time ago because we actually live in Toronto, like very close to each other. And, you know, we were together a lot of time, but that's what happened. We were together all the time and we just kept on delaying it. But we're in Miami together and we're like, you know what? Might as well get it done now while we're here. So we got this special podcast with Irfan. Welcome and thank you for coming on, brother. Appreciate you. Uh, Yeah. For those of you guys that do not know Irfan, he is a closer. One of the best salespeople out there. I think when it comes to topic of sales, Irfan is one of the best out there. Knows a lot. Knows what he's talking about. And overall, I wanted to bring him on not just to talk about sales, but to talk about the other parts of life or more about his journey. Talk about the different things. I guess just go deeper into what makes him really good, not just tactics, because people just always have tactics and such. I think we've talked about it. There are things that are more important than that. I guess create real change or get real results. Yeah. So I would love to talk about that. And yeah, I guess the first place to start is go ahead and briefly introduce yourself and overall your journey in sales as an entrepreneur, as the person you are today, from where you started, how it all started, the journey along the way to where you are now. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So really where it all started is where I dropped out of high school. You know, I, I pretty much knew that I didn't want to go the conventional way of just studying you know, going to university right. and all that. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to drop out. And after I dropped out, I, I kind of had, I didn't really know what I was going to do, to be honest. You know, I, was, I just dropped out and I was like, okay, well, I know I definitely don't want to go to school. Mm-hmm. So from there, I kind of did a whole bunch of different jobs. And then I started getting into sales. I got mm-hmm. into a sales job because sales job, I realized it allowed me to take control of my income to a certain degree, mm-hmm. to a certain level. It's still a job, but you know, and I realized I was getting kind of good at it. And first I started personal training sales. I sold like packages, you know, not crazy packages. I think the biggest one I sold there was like, like $5,000 or something like that. It was like, right. like crazy. And you get like a really small percentage of that. And then I started selling cars and then that was, that was a little bit better as well, but still I didn't like being ordered around by people. Mm-hmm. So I started selling agency packages after that and, and I got pretty good at that. And then after that, I was approached by a friend of mine, you know, he, he already was really good at marketing. He had like a course mm-hmm. and we wanted to kind of make a high ticket course for him. Right. So he approached me and he's like, well, listen, I know a thing or two about marketing. I know you know a thing or two about sales. Let's kind of do something together. And that's what we did. So over the past three years, that's, that's where it started off. Like I kind of started creating my agency from that one client. And then I took on a bunch of different clients over mm-hmm. the past three years, but what ended up happening was my one client started giving me so much work that I, I kind of had to kick off my other clients. I was like, you know, I'm just going to focus on this one client. And now we've got like a team of like, let's say seven other sales guys that, that work under me right now. Right. And yeah, we closed deals. We've closed, you know, a lot of deals, millions of dollars. I don't even know how much. Right. Um, you know, definitely a lot. So yeah, that's what we've been doing over the past five years. And really for me, to be honest, the biggest change I would say is, has been the, the inner transformation that I went through over these past three years and more than anything. Like the inner transformation is the main thing that really allowed the outer transformation and everything around me to change. For sure, let's touch on that in a second. I wanna talk more about sales for a bit and just talk about the journey. So from beginning, I think the skill of sales will allowed you to not only almost feed you at a point where it was a job, but yeah. allowed you to basically leverage what you have and create a high income or a business out of it, become an entrepreneur. And let's talk about skills acquisition. Why, how important do you think that is when it comes to just growing? Yeah, so it's definitely really important. 
But one thing that Sam Ovens goes over really well as well, and I always like to bring this up, is, you know, there's one thing before skills that you have to have. So there's the skills that you have to have, but then if you don't have the right foundation and mindset before learning those skills, mm-hmm. those skills will never be used that properly and it'll never work really well. Right. And the reason I know for me, when I learned the skill of closing it worked really well for me is because I had a really good foundation in terms of mindset before that, mm-hmm. you know, like really before that I was just fully just working on my mindset, just getting my mindset right with money and all that. And then from there, it, you know, obviously learning a skill is really important, you know, but with learning the skill is really what makes the, the money printing happen. Right. So, you know, first you got to get the right mindset. Once you got the right mindset, you can't get too sucked into the whole mindset thing where you just right. like, hold yourself back because you might think you don't have the right mindset. Some of it is going to be trial and error and you just kind of got to believe in yourself. Right. But that's the whole development part of it. And then, and then from there, yes, I did go into learning a skill, which is obviously closing. I, I did a lot of practice and I, that changed my life. I mean, you know, once you got a skill that you, you start getting good at and you can actually start bringing value to other companies. That's what can change your life. I mean, the same thing happened with you. Right. hundred percent. I like that you touched on the mindset and the other development, the foundation part of it. I remember when you taught me sales earlier in 2020, that's the main thing I learned was like the whole getting your mindset right before and getting rid of some beliefs you have and all the other side that we talked about. I think you said the inner transformation. Let's touch on that. I guess first, even starting with like why and then what you can kind of do to like make those transformation happen. Okay, so why to clarify like why what made me want to do well, like why did I go through the transformation or why, why do you need someone? to why do you need to have a transformation why, why do you need to have an inner okay so that's a really good question the reason you need to have an inner transformation and you, you need to change your mindset on the inside and change a lot of your past beliefs on the inside and get your mind in the right place is because if you don't have that in the right place if you don't have the right mindset you can never perform the skills properly you can never have the right belief in yourself or belief in what you're doing to mm-hmm. be able to do it properly. So right. There's always going to be something that'll hold you back if you don't have the right mindset. It just it just won't be complete. It'll just be going in circles. And for everybody, it's different. What kind of you know past problems they have they need to fix in their mindset first with money or with whatever it is. Right. So yeah, if you just if you're not going into anything with the right frame, it just won't work. It's the difference between you know going up to someone with you know a frame of thinking that I'm a boss, and then going up to them, and talking to them, and then you know giving out that vibe. Or a frame of like, I'm broke and, you know, I'm, I'm in a bad position or I'm, I'm in like a, you know, you know, putting yourself in kind of like a victimized mindset right. and, and then trying to talk to someone and, and it's such a huge difference between the vibe and, and frame you give off them. Right. So it's the exact same thing with success. I mean, if you don't go into it with the right frame, there's no way you can actually come up with the right result. So that's why you got to have the right inner transformation, right. the right mindset. And that's what I think. That's, that's my opinion. 100%. And what are some things you have to do to, or if you want to share certain things you did to get rid of those beliefs, or I would like to share something you said is, I remember when you were talking about the money aspect, how, you know, you can't be cheap with money if yeah. you're trying to sell someone. Like, you know, you can't be like a person that, I forgot how you put it, but it was in a sense where it's like, you can't expect someone to buy from you if you're a cheap person in real life, or if you're scared to spend money in your life, how are you going to ask someone to spend money with you and such, you know? And I remember even going in and just like buying things that I knew like I, I, that would probably help me, but I I wasn't buying because of the price or whatever. I remember just doing that and that helped me with my mindset. So that's one example, but are there other different things you do or exercise or actions that you think people can do to take that step? It's just every day putting yourself in a frame of who you want to become, mm-hmm. you know, say five years, 10 years down the line, how that, you need to first figure out how that person feels. You need to first figure out what that person's beliefs are. Mm-hmm. You need to figure out how that person would wake up. 
And you got to just put yourself, switch yourself literally into that frame. Mm -hmm. If you switch yourself into that frame, you're giving out that vibe, you're giving out that energy and, and the world has to give it to you. Right. And the best way to do that, in, in, a lot of people are going to have to do like some crazy ch changes and some crazy changes in terms of your beliefs. Right. So the biggest thing that helped me is I just did a lot of affirmations. Mm -hmm. Just every day I would just do a lot of affirmations. And right now I don't do it as much because right now, like after you do it for a little bit and you really get into a, a certain frame that you know that like, okay, listen, I am rich. I am, or I'm whatever that you want to be, whatever the goal is. I am a closer, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Once you get into that certain frame, I feel like it just gets to a point where you don't need to keep telling yourself that's what you are. You know that that's what you are. Right. So first you have to, it has to get to a point where you change your beliefs and you get to that point where, where you know that you are that and, and the evidence has to prove it. You have mm -hmm. to have done something. You have to have proved it to yourself. You have to have, you know, private victories, just victories of your, of your own. Right. And once you keep proving it to yourself, keep proving it to your mind, Eventually, you can just be like, I don't need to keep telling myself that. It's, this is I, I know this is what I am. Right. I think that's very important. It's like getting that belief system in and making sure that you're straight on the side of just, how do I explain it? But it's like, when you start believing certain things you say, you start like actually acting and feeling that way, you know, yeah. but it all starts with like what you believe in, how you carry yourself and going from there. So that's some really good stuff. Let's talk about other different principles that before we dive into sales and how to get good at sales yeah. and, you know, like all of that stuff, I want to talk like I want to stick to the whole mindset and the principles part of it. I would love to hear about different principles or different things that you live by. Right. Okay. That make you the person you are today. You know, certain principles and certain things that you live by. Right. Right. So I would say the number one principle that I have is just setting. So when I say something and when I set my mind to something. I always like to fully get into that and, and do whatever it takes to achieve that. So I don't so believe what do you mean in, by that. So I don't believe in when people say, Oh, did you try your best to get something? I don't believe in that. I believe in doing whatever the hell it takes, whatever the fuck it takes to get it. So for example, so one huge principle that I have is, uh, you know, always, and this is something that I picked up recently, but I had it before too. I just never really thought about it. Mm -hmm. It's just whenever you say something, you just do it. Right. You know, whenever you set, you tell yourself that, listen, this is what I'm going to do. You just do it. And it has to be with, even if it's with small things, you know, you start your day off. Okay, listen, I'm going to clean the place today. I'm, I'm going to, you know, set my goal to get on at least 100 outbound calls today. Mm -hmm. Something like that. And that's what I used to do. I used to do a lot of outbounds. So if you set that goal and you just do it, no matter what it takes. Right, right, right. And another principle that I definitely live by is I can do whatever the hell I believe in. Anything that I believe in, I can do it. You know, anything that I set my mind to, I can do it. I can do anything. Right. You always have to have that mindset. Um, so that's a huge part of it, I would say. And, and those are really probably the, for me, the main two. And also just really keeping yourself. Another principle that I live by is keeping yourself grounded through, through like life in general. Mm -hmm. So you have all these crazy, you know, energies and just stuff that are coming at you every day, all these crazy pressures and, you know, you're, you're putting yourself through all these things. And at the same time, it's good to keep your mind grounded by, you know, meditating and really keeping yourself at a, at a calm pace so you can think you actually have an open mind to think. Because you know, if your mind is crowded, you can't think. So uh, right. a huge part of my belief is also keeping yourself grounded through life. So I'll say the little main thing. Yeah, what I like about the first one, doing what you're going to say and such is like that confidence and the concept of you being able to trust yourself, you know, and you're like, okay, so the next time you say and you do it, it gets easier, you know, so it doesn't sound like you're never bullshitting yourself. Yeah. And I think that's very important because what tends to happen, what I've noticed, even with myself and a lot of people is like, 
if you say you're going to do something and you don't do it, like you can go down a whole spiral of like, damn, like, you know, you can't even like, you can't even trust yourself at a point, you know? And that's like a bad hole to get into, which I've definitely been in before. You know, I'm not going to lie. I've been in that hole where like, I felt like nothing was going to get done because, you know, I had like just weeks where I was procrastinating or leaving stuff behind. But that was a really good point to make. And I think a big thing people need to think about more, you know? Right. And one of the things that I forgot to bring up when you said principle is not, not another thing that, that's starting to come to my head is for me, as crazy as it sounds, a huge principle for me is just money over everything. Mm. It's a huge principle for me. I mean, like that's the way I've, I started off thinking and mm -hmm. that's the way I still think. Why? And the reason for that being is because, well, for me, I guess one main reason was I was in a position where if I didn't have money in my life, I wouldn't eat. Like if right. money wasn't there, I wouldn't, I wouldn't survive. Like, right, right. So I had to literally close to eat. And, and for me, when, when I realized that, that money is literally everything, I realized, okay, well, it, it, it is everything. I don't understand when people say, oh, I don't want to get you know, lost in the money or I don't want to get, you know, the, let the evil take over me when I have a lot of money and stuff like that. You know, I, I like to say, I want to get lost in the sauce. I want, right. I want to be taken over by the money. I don't care because I just know money just makes you, makes who you are right now just more pretty much. It's, it's yourself times 10. Right. You have a lot yeah. of money. Yeah, that's a huge thing I've learned as well. It's like money won't change you, it just amplifies who you are. Yeah. You know, if you're a dickhead when you're poor, you're probably going to be the biggest dickhead when you're rich yeah. and vice versa. But that's a really good thing to remember, man. And what do you say to those or people that think that, oh, you know, money isn't everything. You shouldn't care about money. Don't put too much importance of it. Like, what is your perspective on their perspective, I guess? I mean, if, if a person is saying that and they're like a billionaire or something, I would get it. But if, if a person is saying that and they're not, they don't really have much money, they're not living the life of their dreams, they're not happy in their life, Right. then then what are they really saying? What, why are they really giving that advice? Mm. So it really, I think it really depends on who that advice is coming from. You know, if I'm a billionaire one day and he tells me, listen, money is not everything, which I doubt will ever happen. I doubt any, you will ever meet any billionaire that'll tell you money is not everything. Mm. I mean, it might not be everything, but it is a pretty huge thing for them to become right, a billionaire. Right, right. Like you have to have a lot of focus on it they're not delusional enough to think that it's not important. Exactly. They, they know that it's important. It might not be everything, but it's definitely, it's definitely a huge part of their lives. So, and that's what I think it is. I mean, I think it's, I think it's super important. And I think that people should definitely change, change up their mindset when it comes to that whole well, money is not everything. I mean, there has to be some imbalance in your life. That, at least this is what I believe. There has to be at least a little bit of imbalance for you to become at least some, some more balanced later on. I agree. I mean, how is it possible for you to suddenly get started and have complete balance of money, family, friendship, love? You can't just start off with all those things, right? You, you have to sacrifice some of those. Yeah, things. you have to work on each of them and then you have to bring them up. I mean, that's that's what I believe. That's what I believe is possible. So That's awesome, man. That's good to hear. And I always just want to dive deeper into your perspective. And I think that makes a lot of sense. And I believe that you even <clears> believe that you know, money, of course, isn't everything, but you're not stupid enough to think that, oh, it is not one of the most important things. But what I would like to move next to is sales. And what's funny, guys, most of you guys don't know, I think the first time ever where we hung out, we were doing sales role play at the Speakeasy in Toronto. Yeah, yeah that's true, that's true. Yeah. That was lit. That was pretty, yeah. <laughs> we were literally drinking champagne, yeah. like role play on sales on like emails or something because we were just talking about sales. So I've seen Irfan do some stuff with sales and I don't have to vouch for him. You know, his results, what he's done, other people in the industry that know of him can talk about Irfan and just say how good you are, like your level at this skill. 
which is awesome. And that's why I also wanted to have you on just to kind of get people some advice because I think sales is one of the most important things in life. I feel like if you don't understand it even to a point where even if you're not a salesperson, I think you need to understand what it is, you know, the concept of it, the principles of it, the foundations of it, just so you don't get taken advantage of or, you know, you have it for situations when it might come handy. So let's dive into just the topic of sales. And first, why did you stick to this? Because you did a lot of things, you know, you agency, drop shipping, this, that. What made you stick to sales? What made me stick to sales is, is to be honest, this was, this is what made me the most money. Mm. And maybe it was because I was the best at it. Like not, not, I'm not, I'm not saying I was the best at it, but out of the things I did, this is what I did best. Mm. So, and it made me more money than anything else. And it was the most consistent thing and it just felt right. right. And I liked it too. I really liked it out of the, out of all other things too. Mm. So it was a win-win, you know, I, I liked it. I was good at it. And it was making me the most money. So that's the reason I stuck to it. When did it hit you that like, oh, I'm actually good at like, this is something I can do long term. I'm actually good at this. I would say the first year, at the end of the first year, when I realized it's been one year that I haven't needed a job, needed mm-hmm. anything, needed any financial support. And I realized I could just keep doing it. I have unlimited ability to just keep doing it. That's when I realized mm-hmm. that this is definitely it. And I can definitely put more focus into this and turn it into something great. Right, right. Let's say for someone starting out who wants to acquire the skill of sales, learn more about it, talking about the foundations of it, what do you think are some major things to remember outside of the inner transformation that we talked about, you know, major things to know, different things they should do to even get experience or get started, just basically tips for beginners. So tips for beginners, number one tip is to get yourself a nice set of wealth um, affirmations and start doing that every day, twice a day, once in the morning, once at night. Get yourself into a good routine, you know, a good, strictly disciplined routine. Mm-hmm. Um, keep your mind fresh. If you want to really be really good at sales, you do have to keep your mind fresh. Mm-hmm. So that means good nutrition, good health, good exercise, good sleep. Those things are important to actually have a clear mind and be able to remember and be able to sell properly and right. be focused. So that's, that's a huge tip. And from there, just basically another huge tip is, is first getting the right frame going into a call, mm-hmm. you know, understanding that you need confidence and belief because when you have a lot of belief in yourself before you go into a call, it doesn't matter what objection you get. Right. You know that you'll be able to handle that objection. Mm-hmm. And again, that's what goes back into, you know, people think it's all about what you say, not how you say it. And this is exactly what it comes down to. I mean, it's, you know, I've sold things that I didn't even know anything about. And it's just because you know, I, I knew how to, my confidence in it was just so high. My confidence right. in what I was saying was so high. So I would get on calls and I would be selling something that I'd never even ever heard about before. Like when I started selling, you know, this one financial product that I'm selling, I, I knew nothing about finances, absolutely zero. But I started, I just, I just went into it and I was really confident on the calls and people heard that and people want to buy confidence. Right. People want confidence. People literally are on the call to buy confidence. They want security in their lives. They want confidence in their lives. And that's what they get on the call about. It's the reason they're a prospect. Right. So right. that's something that every beginner needs to keep in mind. And how would you say you developed your confidence and what advice would you give to people to develop their confidence? I developed my confidence by just getting on a lot of calls. So experience. experience. And I'm assuming you have the same advice for them is get some experience under your belt. Yeah, get experience under your belt. And it's not like you have to wait years and years to get experience. You can get experience today. Mm-hmm. Get on a hundred outbound calls immediately. Start talking to people. Mm-hmm. Get into sales scenarios. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's not difficult to get into sales in here. Just pick up the phone. Were you ever afraid doing outbound calls or talking to people ever? Like, did you ever have that like nervousness or fear? Was I ever afraid? Not really, no. Interesting. To be honest, I never had it. I, I just, I just knew I had to hustle. I mean, what was the perspective you went in like doing those calls or like doing that work? When I first started? Mm-hmm. When I first started, what it brings me back to my um, gym days when I was, when I started dealing with those leads and, and car sales days. And even those days, I just knew that, okay, listen, this is what I have to do to get money. So there was no, I couldn't fear it. I mean, I can't tell you that when I, in, when I started doing in-person sales, especially with car sales and personal training sales, I can't tell you that when I first, first started doing that, I wasn't fully afraid, but that was something I got over really quickly. Mm-hmm. Maybe my first day, and I wasn't even afraid. I was more excited than afraid. Wow. Interesting. So maybe on my first day, I just felt a little bit of nervousness, but there was never any fear because... I knew that, you know, this obstacle of me learning how to do sales is the way. So, you know, I knew that that I was going the right way. Interesting. Interesting. And now when you pick up a client, you told me you feel more excited and then you you look for situations where it's hard, where you don't close them easily. Almost like a challenge. Talk about that, like how it's like almost been like a little journey and stuff. That's been a huge journey, excuse me. So basically the way it first started when I, when I was getting on calls is, you know, I, I was still developing a lot of confidence, but I would say after the first one year, I got a lot of confidence because I got on like thousands of calls. I got on like at least three, 4,000 calls on in my first wow. year. So because of that, I, I, I developed a lot of confidence, just closing mm-hmm. a lot of people, talking to a lot of different people. And then from there, you know, now when I get on calls, I don't feel anything. Like all I know when I get on calls is, all right, this is the next person I'm getting on a call with to close. This is the next, it's just another thing I'm doing. It's really fun what I'm doing, to be honest. So I'm right. going to get on and close it. You see me like when I'm in the, in the you know driving around the Tesla and I'm just be I just yeah, be closing deals, closing deals. I'm to Vancouver, we'd you know close deals there, Miami, close deals exactly. everywhere. <clears throat> yeah, exactly, exactly. So I mean, it's, it's that's the beauty when you have the skill, you can literally do it anywhere. Yeah, and that's so. the best part, you know. I think, that, and what I've noticed as well is, especially sales, there's a the massive respect to people that are good in sales, even. Yeah. With, corporations but i've seen that just going out with you like all the different entrepreneurs i mean like how much more respect they have for you almost you know even though it's your first time meeting them or such how they talk to you how they even perceive you i think that is a really cool thing as well absolutely absolutely and that's something i definitely appreciate and i feel that you know sales is something that every business owner should have skills is a skill that any business owner any entrepreneur should have i mean you know, if you want to sell something in your business, I think it's a strange app. 100%, 100%. Let's touch on tonality because you talked about it a little bit. And we've talked about it in the past as well, the importance of it. And just the concept of it's not what you say, it's how you say it, right? Yeah. Let's touch on that and kind of elaborate on that topic. Yeah, so let's talk about that. So the best way someone could improve their tonality, and this is great advice I like to tell all my sales guys like all the time. The best way to improve on your tonality is to actually mean what you're saying. Mm. When you mean what you're saying, your tonality will sound genuine. The person will pick up on that. Right. And also on top of that, it, it'll just, the whole thing will be better. And you know, that's, that's really the best way to have the best tonality is just to mean what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Know what you're going to say, know what you're on the call for. And when you start talking to them, if you just talk, when you say stuff, you're not just reading off a script, you mean what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It's when the right tonality should come out naturally. Right. Right. Then it's almost like your subconscious is speaking to theirs. Mm-hmm. This is some crazy thing that I learned because you know, I was always like thinking, how, how do I have the right tonality? What is the right tonality? Right. And then when I just started speaking genuinely, like I mean what I'm saying, it just it, it was just so much easier. 
Mm-hmm. That is the most important thing, meaning what you're saying. So, you know, adding in pauses for sure. And when you talk, adding in, like pretty much showing on the call that you're comfortable talking. Right. When you show that you're comfortable, when you, when you speak comfortably, then the other person is going to start becoming comfortable too. Right. I, what I learned recently is, especially with communication, is how it's like, don't quote me on this. If I'm wrong, let me know I'm wrong. But I think like something like the mirror effect, right? If I'm anxious and I'm talking to you, it's like you almost feel that anxious feelings in me. And you talked about it before, people buy confidence. So yeah. even if I have the best product, but I'm a little nervous and anxious and I'm talking to you, even if you're sold on it, you might be turned off because of how I said exactly. it or how I came across or how I presented myself. And I've heard this with some of my mentors. You know, they said there was times where they were ready to buy from someone. And it was this part where they're like, you know, I had to watch a webinar to buy this course. And they're like, I was pretty much sold on the course. But he's like, the way the person presented themselves on the webinar, it actually turned them off. And he's like, you know, I don't want to learn from this person. So they actually just lost the sale with the tonality and I guess how they were perceiving themselves onto others, which is pretty crazy to think about, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Another point on improving your tonality is, is recording yourself and listening to yourself. Mm. That's, that's huge. You need to see how you sound and you just need to sound like you mean what you're saying to the other person when you're speaking to them. Were you doing that a lot? Yeah. Yeah, I did listen to myself a lot. Mm-hmm. I listened to myself a lot. I listened to other people's recordings. I, I was taking as much content as possible. Right. And even right now, I still like to go back and listen to my calls. So when you do listen, what are you mainly listening for? Like how you sound or like different moments where you might have like paused or talked exactly. about the process? Exactly. So I listen to what I could have done differently, what I could have done better, mm-hmm. how I sounded, how the prospect reacted to what I said. And if, if my response could have been better, those are the things that I, I think about. And I also think if maybe I could have came into it with a different frame, maybe, mm-hmm. if, maybe if you know I could have dealt with the whole situation differently, maybe. So yeah, that's pretty much what I think. I just have an open mind. I just listen to it and I just kind of see what I can pick up on. Right. I like that. I like that. Moving away from sales for a little bit, unless you have anything else to add regarding sales. Um, no, really. I mean, honestly, sales, just get, get in, just get in a lot of experience. Just get on calls, get on meetings. However, I think understand the importance of it as well. Exactly. Exactly. Make sure you got the right mindset in place. You got the right discipline in place. You're, you're truly committed to your craft. And then just getting a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of different practice, a lot of different uh, practice in terms of just getting on calls with leads mm-hmm. or meetings or whatever it is that you do. And then from there, when you're actually in the actual sales environment, make sure you mean what you say, mm-hmm. you know, on the call or w- when you're in person, make sure you generally mean what you say and just sound certain as fuck and you should be good. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. Let's talk about, I kind of touched the topic of money. I like to, people, the listeners know, like, you know, I like to touch on the concept of money all the time with a question first, which is the way your mindset has changed on money as you've grown up, as you have progressed, your perspective, not just mindset, but your perspective on how money has changed. And then I think, you know what, let's talk about that first and I'll carry on. Okay. So with money, the, the, for me, from a really early stage, I would say three years ago, I started thinking of it as just simply a tool. Mm-hmm. I started thinking of it as just numbers and I started also thinking of it as kind of like a, kind of like an energy in mm-hmm. a way. I stopped looking at it as this huge thing that's so difficult to get. Right. So that was the biggest thing. And I also stopped looking at it as if it's going to run out or as if, you know, as if there's not enough of it or any mm-hmm. of that. I started looking at it as if I know I'm going to bring it in. I know it's always going to be there and it's a tool and we use it to just get things done. Right. So that's pretty much that my mindset from a really early stage. And I really started falling in love with money as weird as that sounds. Right. 
Another thing I want to quickly talk about is you, I know you're not frugal at all. You're like probably the opposite of frugal, you know what I mean? And I think that's a good vibe and there's a certain type of confidence to that. Talk about that, you know, why you don't live a life frugally where people are like, yeah, you know, don't buy coffee yet outside, you know, don't buy designer, this, that, or whatever. What do you think about that? Well, it's like, don't buy it, but like, why not? Like, if I want it and I know I'll make it back. So that, and that's the whole mindset behind it. I mean, if you're being frugal, okay, yeah, if you, maybe if, maybe if you were to save a couple more dollars, you would, you would end up with a little bit more money, but you, no one became rich with saving. That's true. No one became a millionaire saving. No one becomes super rich with saving. I mean, the only answer is to make more. And I mean, I'm just not the type to just, you know, want to, I'm not a type to just preserve things. I want, I don't. Like, honestly, I'm probably going to spend a lot of the things that I make before I die and, and just leave a good legacy behind for everybody else. But then what I have, I'm going to make sure that I made use of it. I enjoyed it. Right. So that's just my mindset. But when it comes to that mindset behind buying things and, and not living frugal, it's just I have the mindset of I know I'm going to make it back. Mm-hmm. And I know that and if I don't do that, if I save, if I say like, oh, I'm not going to buy it, I'm going to save it. It's, it's almost like putting yourself into like a a non-abundant mentality. Scarcity mindset. Scarcity or a poor mindset. Like, I'm not poor. Like, mm-hmm. a, a rich person will buy it and it will, it will be nothing to them. Mm-hmm. It won't mean nothing. They'll enjoy it. They'll make more money and it probably won't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what a rich person is. So, that's, right. that's the exact way that I'm going to be and that's that's how I am. I think I really like that about you is the, the confidence aspect of it. Just understanding that, you know what? I'll spend this money, but I have trust in myself that I'll make this money back. And that is very important. If I can like learn it on, when I looked at when I was frugal and scared and looked at the money, one of the biggest reasons was like, I was not confident that I can make more. But I think that's a huge thing you have to change in yourself where it's like, no, I can make money whenever. And the huge thing as well, you know, again, I agree with both sides. At the end of the day, it's your life, do what you want. But I don't want to be that person that penny pinches my whole life for one day, some tragic to happen and me not be able to enjoy it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, don't want to be on the whole side of like, you know, nothing is guaranteed on a real scale. Like I want to have like, I spend money on experiences, food, things I truly care about. I've never regretted it. You know, and I know you feel the same way because like I said, that confidence of I can always make money. And I think that mindset also makes you more money too. When you believe that you can make more money. Exactly. You know? And when you, you're okay with spending it because you know you can make more money back. Exactly. Exactly. And a lot of people I know are going to ask, okay, well, but how do you get, how do you get to that mindset? How do you know you're going to make it back? How? By developing a skill. What skill do you develop? We just talked about that right now. There's a lot of skills you can learn, right? There's two great skills that are learning sitting right here. Emails and sales. I mean, just get yourself into one of them. Immerse yourself into one of them. Mm-hmm. Start being committed and tackle making a change in your life. So awesome. that's, that's what it is. Huge facts, huge facts. Certain things I want to talk about in the journey of you having jobs to go into sales positions, to trying out different businesses. What would you say has been a big lesson that you learned, whether it be through a failure, whether it be through a mentor or whatever, something that you carry with yourself, you know, often whenever you move in life. So what's the biggest failure? A lesson learned from a failure. And if you want to share the failure as well, you know, okay. be my friend. I guess I've, I've had some failures, but I wouldn't, I never looked at them as failures. Like, I, like to me, the word failing means like, it just, it failed and that's it, it just stopped. Right. Because that's the end of it, pretty much. That's what failing sounds like. So I never had the vibe or feeling that I failed anything. I mm-hmm. just felt like it was just a phase that I passed and now I'm going on to the next phase or just something that I learned from. Mm-hmm. So a big failure or a big lesson. I could definitely say I've, I've learned a lot of lessons along the way, mm-hmm. but not a lot of them have been through failures. A lot of them have, some of them have been through wins. 
a lot of them have been through, I would say maybe some problems that came up. Like there was, there's definitely a lot of problems along the way, a lot of obstacles. And those obstacles are probably what taught me the most. Right. When I had to learn more about myself where I had to sort of improve myself in a certain way to get over a certain problem. Mm -hmm. So I would say it's, it's all just been more of an inner journey than anything. So mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't be able to put my finger on a specific failure that I've had, but the lessons that I've learned, I would say the biggest lessons are just ways that I've been able to sort of improve and, and become the better version of myself. Those have been the biggest lessons I've learned mm -hmm. for the past four years. That's so. awesome. I, I like that. I was talking to Noah, who's on the podcast yesterday. He said the same thing. is like reframing failures and understanding in the long term. These are just lessons that propel my character. You know, just part of the process, right? Like not taking anything too seriously or too positively. Just like it's part of the process and just developing your character and getting better every day as a person and growing from there. And I think it's a very interesting concept. And what I've noticed is that's a common thing between successful entrepreneurs in my circle and not just successful entrepreneurs, but successful entrepreneurs that have, that are almost like the ones that are not, don't just have money, but are cool people. You know what I mean? Because there's some entrepreneurs out there that are some whack people and they, they have some <laughs> weird mindset maybe, yeah. you know, but people that I respect, people that have their character, people I look up to and learn from. And I, that's like been a huge thing I've noticed, which is awesome. But yeah, man, before we end this podcast, I mean, I'd love for you to talk about what you're working on in the future, whatever you got going on. If you can talk, you know, the th things you can talk about yeah. and yeah, just go from there. Yeah, for sure. So really for me, what it's going to look like is, you know, I, I really want to build a bigger sales empire. So, mm. you know, right now I'm working with one of my main clients that's kind of expanding. And once I'm able to expand that client to a certain point and I have enough sales guys, just really start expanding into different industries and just really, you know, spread the value I can give to, you know, more clients and, and more industries that could use high ticket sales. Cause right. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, you know, right now being able to have an offer where, you know, you can close it for, you know, at least anything between $5,000 and higher. I think it's an amazing thing to have for both the clients and for the people that are yeah, people that are looking for these people. Like this is like a huge opportunity in the market, you know, yeah. like there's always a demand for a good closer. Like there's, for a fact, I know there's a huge demand from you from every industry in any yeah. way because you're a good closer. You know, before we even end this all, let's just talk about different, different, you know, side things, people, like personal questions. And these are going to be quick. You're going to have to answer real quick. All right. Perfect. Favorite artist. Favorite artist right now. Favorite artist definitely has got to be, damn, that's a, that's a good one. I would mm -hmm. have to say uh, favorite artist, favorite artist. If it had to be one single favorite artist. Uh, you have to say one in the top three as well. Okay, so one number one favorite artist would probably have to be Drake. Number mm, one, yeah. Drake, and have a top three. Number two would have to be Fifty Cent. Ooh, go. and then number three would probably be. Uh, I mean, if Migos count as like all like three of the Migos, I mean, I don't know if you could do that. <laughs> you would maybe maybe lower than Migos. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. The biggest baby fan, huh? Yeah, for me, for me, uh, baby would be below me goes for me. Word. How about Gunna? Oh, shit. Gunna was You can't forget Gunna, bro. You can't forget Gunna. There else, there's so many goats these days. That's Yo, there's some young goats, you know? We've been listening to Key Glock a lot lately here. Yeah, Key Glock too. I mean, they're, I would probably say I have like- Yeah, list a bunch. List a bunch that you listen to, man. Yeah, I'd say, okay, I'll say, I'll say the main artists that I'm listening to right now. The for most, sure. The ones that are most relevant to me right now. School favorites, like these are these are obviously my favorite too. These are probably my favorite artists of all time. But right now, the most relevant artists to me are definitely Gunna, um, Twenty One Savage, Kodak, hell yeah, and uh, yeah, NLE, Chaco for sure, and also K Glock. 
these these top five these top five artists I've been listening to a lot lately. Of course, we recycle the classics and the goats. You know what I mean. Whenever we're listening, but yeah. uh, what designer brand is your favorite? Louis Vuitton. Louis Vuitton. Ooh, yeah, Louis Vuitton. nice, nice, nice. I'll say Louis Vuitton. What's your favorite like piece of designer uh, article that you have? Other than the role, I know you really like the Rolly. I forgot to wear mine for this podcast, but other than the Rolex, what else? So Sancho forgets about the Rolex. Forget. <laughs> but um, I would say after the after this, probably my favorite piece would have to be. Probably my shirt. I, I got this crazy Gucci gold shirt. That is pretty honcho. I've never seen anyone get more compliments out in public than Arfan, you know, with this, yeah. with this Gucci shirt, which is which is pretty cool, which is pretty Yeah, cool. that, that shirt is pretty cool, to be honest. Favorite video game of all time? Favorite video game of, of all time? Definitely Cyberpunk uh, 20. No way. Definitely Cyberpunk. Yeah, that's a controversial pick, you know? People are going to be like, what? That's, that's interesting. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. I would say that's 100% because it's like, I mean, there was some technicalities of the game that was weird, but the story was great. So. Right, right. And the last one, bro. Best food you've ever had so far? Best food I've ever had? Some memorable places, I can even say, actually. Best food I've ever had. I feel like a lot of people from listening from Toronto, so even like, we'll probably be in Toronto, or is it out here? I don't think we've had better food here than Toronto. I don't think so either, to be honest. Best food I've ever had would probably have to go to like either um, Soto Soto or Harbor, or Harbor um, Rosino had fire Italian food. Yeah, Rosino was amazing. I'm trying to think of some low-key spots. There, there's definitely some cool spots we've been to that had fire food. Yeah, we've been to a lot of cool spots. Yeah, yeah. Man, before like, pre-COVID for sure, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, brothers, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you I hope you guys me. enjoyed that interview. Exclusive one with Irfan. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Have a great day. Bye-bye. That is it for this episode of Keeping It Real, everybody. And if you guys did enjoy this episode, I just ask for a small favor, and that is to share this with someone that you know would benefit from this podcast, as I really want to grow this community and this podcast through word of mouth, right? From you guys sharing it or telling someone to mess with this podcast or listen to this podcast or posting us on Instagram. And by the way, guys, if you do post us on Instagram, please use the hashtag Keeping It Real and tag me at SplashmanPB just so I can, you know, stay connected with the family and interact with some of you guys. But yeah, like I said, if you guys want to keep in touch with me, my Instagram is at SplashmanPB. If you guys want to check out my YouTube where I drop amazing content and amazing value as well, you know, just search my name, Rick Busnet, and my channel will appear. But anyways, guys, hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and I will see you in the next one. Bye-bye.